0: Now, a Talk Radio 1210 WPHT special presentation. It's the end of the world. A new Role, let's put a trigger warning on trigger warnings. I, just want to drive. I gotta
1: take it on the other side. Fresh off of uh, some Oppenheimer uh, viewing from both of us. Uh, We are here with the other side, Dan and Dorenzo again, uh, hopping, uh, taking over the 1210 WPHT streaming feed here on YouTube for a little bit. Uh, Anthony Oppenheimer, this week, uh, you went earlier in the week, I went last night. Initial thoughts, overall thoughts of the uh, the movie really taking over the headlines. Go ahead.
2: Lived up to the hype, and then some. Like, straight up, was as engaging as I expected. A lot of character development, a lot of... Just so much detail in the cinematography. And obviously you knew the story was going to be in depth and kind of geopolitical. Uh, but the way that it's done, I, I mean, we all know how Christopher Nolan runs uh, things when he's in charge of a movie like that. I think this really has been the peak of, of what he's been able to achieve. Every actor is outstanding. The story is amazing and I don't know. I I feel like most of the time, even with someone like Chris Nolan, who I kind of buy into the hype of, I always feel like these things don't necessarily live up to the hype. But this one, I think for the first time in a long time, absolutely lived up to the hype. I disagree. I disagree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that hipster guy when there's a popular movie out there. I give it the best shot that I want to like it. Um, First off, three hours is way too long for uh, the film. Um, I'm used to that.
2: Just with yeah. medical, but all that
1: kind like, of stuff. Like, all right, first off, we went to Cinemark over in Somerdale, and uh, they have those like recliners. I got to say, the theater experience coming out of coronavirus, man, it is freaking awesome to go out and sit in a recliner. It was very relaxing. I, I didn't doze off at all, even though I was fearful that I would sit back in the recliner, a three-hour film. Look, I, I don't know if it's because I'm spoiled because we're in the Golden age of television. Um, you look at HBO's uh, documentary, um, when they had a, a, what the hell is it called? the the Ukrainian uh, uh, disaster., uh, but like th- there's so many good television shows that I feel do biopics just as well as what I saw last night that I, I don't know. I feel like people want to like this more than anything. the the the, fil- the cinematography was indeed beautiful. Ah, uh, you had framing shots. There's a lot of times where Nolan made choices, like uh the, the black and white um, when doing the Strauss trial and all that, or the Strauss hearing to uh, confirm him as a cabinet member. I uh, I don't know, man. It, it's it felt like Nolan trying too hard, uh, almost. I there's a couple times throughout the film, Matt Damon. It's it's not just Matt Damon, hey, but I I don't know what it is about him. I just don't find him a good actor, a believable actor. Um, as a general, I, I, all I could see was Shelby from Ford versus Ferrari the entire time. Uh, so I, like, the, the lead actor was fantastic. I really give Cillian Murphy some credit. Um, but Robert Downey Jr. as Louis Strauss, I don't know, it felt like Iron Man uh, too much to me. I, it's like, like, maybe I'm just past the precipice, and, and I, I don't know if you agree with me, I like seeing smaller actors like Cillian Murphy, who's not in as much as like a Robert Downey Jr. or Matt Damon, because I can actually buy into the story, but it kind of took me out of it a little bit when I saw, you know, Matt Damon step into the frame and all. Um, Look, it's a great movie. Um, It's a really good movie. It's worth your three hours of your time, especially, you know, sitting on the couch. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I watched it in a segmented kind of like episodic way, you know, hour and a half at a time, maybe. Um, But to think of it as like some kind of magnum opus type. Peace, man. I just, I I don't buy into that. And and I don't know, Christopher Nolan, I'm a little bit critical of. I think his sound design's uh, a bit wonky. Um, There are times where they're trying to have a serious conversation and the background noise is definitely flooding it out. Uh, But I I don't know, man. Maybe I'm being a little bit hipster on this, but I, I just didn't find it as good as I expected. I think what it came down to, Anthony, and spoiler alert to a degree, the entire time you're sitting there and Nolan does a fantastic job at building tension. We've known that through Tenet. We know that through everything he's done. Uh, but he builds so much tension to a main event, and that main event being um, the, the you know bomb explosion, the test. Um, it felt like a wrestling main event that just fell short because when it finally got to it, I was expecting a giant explosion, and it was indeed a fascinating explosion using practical effects. But when you watch the old videos of atomic explosions and you see the houses just being torn to shreds and all that. I I expected a little bit more than just the actors in silence, looking at a bright light, you know? Well,
2: and that's, I understand why people don't like it, but I think that's to to me, I love that about it because I wasn't going into this thinking this is, uh, you know, the new transformers. This isn't a Michael Mm -hmm. Bay film. Like I, and I know people kind of expected that, especially when it's a movie about a nuclear explosion, the guy who invented the bomb and, and, you know, the atomic bomb. everything It's the most notorious event that maybe has happened in the history of the world. So obviously, I think the hype of, oh, we have to see the bomb and he did it himself, like there was no CGI. And I think to that extent, obviously, if you're looking at it, like that then maybe it didn't live up to the hype but i love that introspective kind of reality that it showed you it shows you the struggles that these scientists go through and kind of the power grabs that very similar to politics and then i mean really you see more toward the end kind of how intertwined that all is but that power struggle and that that need to figure these things out and theory will only take you this far and and you have to try it out. And even someone who was, you know, I guess left leaning, we saw him tied to the, to the communist party in that movie. And obviously that was a time where that was more of a controversial thing. And uh, I, I think all of those little things, and I know people were complaining about Barbie being political, but this movie, I mean, this was geopolitical. This is about power. This is about how, the world really became what it is today. So it's, I think in that sense and, and from an acting standpoint and all of the cinematography, then like when he's giving the victory speech and you see the light and the skin and kind of like yeah. more effects to what the bombs would do to the people. And, and I, I just think all of that is so deep and telling. And I mean, it really, I think at the end of the day, the biggest message I took from the film was it really shows you good, bad, or indifferent left, right, or center all of these people are after power. And even if they claim to you that they don't want to do this kind of thing, they're going to do it. And that need for them want for, for advancing in your career and advancing and being that guy, especially in a a field like science, when you're friends with someone like Einstein and, and that iconic in your field, I think it's almost like LeBron versus Jordan. You know, it's that kind of it's inside of you. You need to get to that next point. And if you don't, it's like it will eat at you for the rest of time. So it's, yeah. I, I think the messaging is just beautiful in that sense.
1: Uh, and I agree with you. the messaging I, like it had it had a really good underlying meaning to it. They really delve into the whole communist aspect of uh, Oppenheimer's life, too, which I thought was fascinating. Um, the decision final thing on Oppenheimer, uh, spoiler alert. I was sitting there waiting for them to they really just it happened out of nowhere and it was a decision by Nolan. That Hiroshima's announced on a radio uh, held up to you know the loudspeakers everyone could hear what's happening. Uh, you know, they don't show Hiroshima. I, I I thought that was a missed opportunity. I gotta be honest with you.
2: I mean, again, I kind of like how it really makes you think about what they were going through and not really think about the event itself. It really, and I think that's something Nolan is really good at doing and he's done that in other movies. I I believe, uh, he did that a, a good amount in Dunkirk as well when that came out. Um, But to your point about being critical of him, I think of late I've been more critical of him. Tenet, not that I hated it, I was excited to see that because that was actually the first movie back in theaters uh, Mm -hmm. after COVID. So I was very excited to see that. And I'm a huge Pattinson fan. And even though that movie was good, I thought it was a little too... And, And, you know, I like Inception. I think that's a little confusing, but I like that introspective think that it offers. But I thought Tenet kind of took that to the next degree and it was almost too much for people. Uh, to deal yeah. with. So I think if anything, something like this kind of really makes me appreciative of where he's at now and kind of the storytelling
1: aspects he focused on. And I hope, you know, moving forward, like one thing I want to see from him is uh, there, there's talks that he'd be interested in directing a James Bond. Yeah, uh, I think that would be freaking awesome. Uh, from yeah, James Bond. He's been rumored
2: uh, with James Bond, and also that he was asked about Star Wars recently, and he seems very open to that idea. Which I think that would benefit both sides very much.
1: You know, like uh, when, like the final scene in Inception with the uh, coming down the uh, mountain, the snowy mountain. Um, that's like a straight ripped out of James Bond type scene, and it's shot so well that I think he'd just be excellent. It's uh, really good. James point. Bond.
2: That whole, yeah, that whole theme of that movie
1: kind of is a little bit, in a way. They need it, too, man. I mean, look at Mission Impossible. They're just blowing James Bond franchise out of the water right now. I mean, Mission Impossible not performing well at the box office. When was the last time a James Bond movie performed uh, decently? I mean, Mission it's doing
2: Impossible. Better, and I think it's doing better than people expected, which I, I at one point I want to see that. Just I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise guy, but I appreciate how passionate he is, so I would like to see it.
1: Ah, uh, the movie killing the box office is right now. Though yesterday we went to that Cinemark, and uh, I was with Dave, Ray, um, Mark, and then Valerie. and it was us five guys. And there was a group of like fourteen, fifteen-year-old girls, uh, yeah, uh, all dressed in pink. Uh, and they go, "Are you coming here to see Barbie?" And <laughs> I just had to look at them like, "Yeah, yeah, us group of five guys, big, yeah, big, are. burly guys. We're we're here together to see Barbie." Um, but Barbie uh, killing it at the box office, man. Eight uh, percent of Oppenheimer ticket buyers uh, were actually because they had Barbie sold out. They wanted to see a film, and they decided Oppenheimer. So, like, just even blowing Oppenheimer out at the box office is uh, you. I and mean, we talked about it last week. The political implications of Barbie. Uh, you have any plans to go see that?
2: I'm going to go see it with uh, my girlfriend. And to your point, when I saw Oppenheimer, uh, I saw a group of like seventy year old women. All dressed up in like pink and glitter, and That's so, weird, so I mean this, it's transcending. I mean this, if you really think about it, and I understand you know people are going all different ways with this politically, but when you really think about it, Barbie was the first like empowering image of a woman, in a sense, and and kind of showing as Ken is not needed as like in and out of life, and and how she it's about Barbie and what is Barbie doing, and and how can Barbie continue to uh, you know move up the ranks, and I really feel like especially. I don't know, seeing those 70-year-old women. I think Barbie now obviously is a lot different than Barbie, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago when it really made an impact. And, like, you know, we talk about representation. That really, the only representation in toys then was probably the G.I. Joe. So I, I think it really transcends just even if say it goes left, right, middle, I think a lot of those messages and, and like the songs making fun of men, I think that kind of, and I'm going to, I'm able to take a joke. So I think a lot of these things, even if it doesn't necessarily matter the content of the movie, it's that nostalgia. And I think that's a group of people who haven't really necessarily even had that nostalgia. And I think a lot of those movies and video games and all that kind of stuff, hits more eighties to nineties kids. And now they're kind of reaching out and going even further, so I don't, it is really interesting, and it's awesome either way to see people back at the movies and theaters sold out, and like I haven't seen that years. It's been years. So
1: I'm going to stop you because I, I mean, I, I want to see a movie because I want to, you know, see if it affirms my beliefs about it being about the patriarchy and flipping on its head. I, like what I've heard is that the at the end of the film, rather than teaching the message of you know equality, uh, they essentially affirm the message that uh, you know Ken's being lower on the uh, social scale is indeed a correct thing, and Barbie goes off on her merry way with the patriarch. Like, I just feel like it teaches the wrong lesson at the end of it. And I, my, my opinion really falls in line with Tom McDonald, a uh, right wing rapper. You've heard of Tom McDonald before. Um,
0: it's a one minute clip, Anthony. I just want you to respond directly to it and see what you have to say. So the Barbie movie dropped and everybody's talking about it. AOC tweeted that she loves how upset Republicans are now that Barbie is too woke and claims that conservatives essentially want Barbie to go back to being some sort of oppressed housewife. I don't mean to take sides here, but I'll go with the Republicans who want to take away Barbie's fictional right to vote over the Democrats who want to give Barbie a wiener. I've been seeing this a lot lately. People on the right that get upset when cartoons and movies go woke and the left will be like, it's a fictional character. Everybody knows it's a fictional character. The problem is is that these fictional characters are being consumed by real children. This wokeism that's plaguing America that you're putting in context Geared towards children, these are ideas and concepts that are difficult for an adult to keep up with and understand. Why are you presenting them to children who are struggling to learn the months of the year? This is the bottom line. Folks with children are concerned that you're gonna turn Barbie into Bobby and confuse the out of their kids just to prove how woke you are barbie is for little girls they have a tough enough road ahead of them now that men can compete in women's sports and be woman of the year so no aoc conservatives are not mad at barbie they're annoyed that you've wokeified another historic piece of american pop culture in an attempt to woke wash children and that's bulls**t thoughts
2: i will say (laughs) i i think i look at this similar to so a24 is also using a mattel product and barney to make a movie geared more towards kids our age because we were the the demographic for Barbie or excuse me, Barney, so too many bees, either way, as much as I agree there, is Barbie the toy still made for little girls? Yes, but with the amount of things there are now, I don 't really think this movie was made for little girls. This movie was kind of made for middle age to older age America, and uh it's to kind of get those people in I mean really, the director and and I understand again there's a lot of messaging and, and quotes that she's had that are tied to left wing thinking, but they say the movies for everyone. I did not see it yet, but I really want to be able to watch it and analyze it in. Cause I, I even saw Rich Zioli saying he thinks it's right wing and it's empowering to women. So it's like people are all over the place with this. So yeah. I, I would love to, I, I really do need to go see it and kind of make up my mind for myself because it seems like whether it's that rapper, any of our hosts, someone on Fox all of them are, they're not all aligned, which is weird for one, for the first time, it really seems like.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like I got to see it to uh, completely get my idea, you know, straight. Um, One of those things I just, I I don't know where I fall on this one, moving on topics, is the Bronny James situation. And LeBron James uh, has a son, uh, NBA prospect son, who's supposed to go pretty high in the draft. Um, He's vaccinated. I want to put that out there. And if you haven't heard yet, I don't know where the hell you've been, but here's a quick uh, report from KTLA uh, to what's going on.
0: We begin our 8 o'clock hour with this breaking news. LeBron James' son, Brawny, is recovering this morning after suffering cardiac arrest at USC yesterday. TMZ reports it happened just before 9.30 in the morning during workouts at the Galen Center. The James family released a statement this morning saying Bronny is now out of the ICU. He's in stable condition. In the statement, the James family thanked USC's medical and athletic staff for their work. They've asked for respect and privacy. The 18-year-old has committed to play for the Trojans in the fall with plans of entering the NBA draft when he becomes eligible in 2024.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Brownie James, James area here, uh, cardiac arrest. And this is uh, Debar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills player. We all know what happened there. Uh, collapsed collapse on field. Um, and I'm one of those guys, I mean, uh, early on in it, I was skeptical that they rush uh, this coronavirus vaccine to the market. Um, we don't have a long-term tests here. I was somewhat wary. I uh, did end up vac- getting vaccinated, uh, but I was wary about it. And I got to say, man, uh, th- this keeps happening. Uh, oh, Tori Kelly, uh, blood clots, hospitalized for blood clots. It just seems there's so much in the vascular system going wrong. And it just seems way too uh, uh, too perfect to happen uh, after everyone sticks themselves with a vaccine that, you know, not many people knew about. What, what are your thoughts on the situation?
2: We've been talking about this, obviously, on the air a lot and something that's continued to kind of making me wonder is are we paying more attention to this or is this happening more often? And, and even myself, like I, I passed out, I had an experience where I passed out with uh COVID Not you know, and it was, it was definitely not fun, obviously scary. And I mean, I believe I have passed out before though. It was a, a while ago when I was younger uh, because I've always been petrified of needles. So that's, you know, a whole nother story, but to me, is it I think either way it's good that we're paying more attention to it. Should we be questioning the COVID vaccine because of this? Yes. Should we blame all of this on the COVID vaccine? No. I think we need I, the COVID thing, whether it's big government or things we ingest into our body or in, just eat or drink daily, I think we need to be very, very careful in all of those all of those categories to an extent that we didn't even think about before and now I think there's a lot of factors that go into all of this and we really need to pay attention to whether it's medicine, food, drinks, everything we ingest each and every day, we really need to be more careful about. And I think if we could bring anything good after COVID, it's that. And uh, I do think COVID is impacting people with this to an extent and they don't want to admit that. But at the same time, I'm not going to jump to the conclusion and say this is all because of COVID and because of the vaccine.
1: Uh, do you have any friends in your life who were very pro-vaccine and have you had conversations with them since uh, this stuff kind of rolls out and have they subsided their ideology a little bit? Or are they still headstrong, you know, pro-vaccine, this is all a conspiracy theory?
2: People have, I think, moved a little bit. You know, if they were really diehard, they moved a little bit and say, oh, we never meant that or we never. But a lot of the time still, you know, if I'm going to call one of my Left-wing friends and and talk to them about the vaccine and just say I'm right. A lot of them are hesitant to still be like, yeah, you guys, you guys were right. Well, we had like, like
1: we had we had people essentially saying that they, those that don't get vaccinated should be treated like second-class citizens. Like I feel we need to have a little uh um, you know look inside of our society and reflect a little bit and think maybe maybe uh people were wrong and I, I just wish people were willing to admit it because in my my personal life. Those that were headstrong try to, you know, put on the blinders, turn any kind of eye they can to see all these, you know, medical issues popping up and justify it some other way and away from the vaccine. It's like they're they're an army, you know, covering up for Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and all this. crap. Well,
2: that's that's why we need to take away the team nature of politics. The uh, you know, when I used to work with Todd and Hartford, he used to always call it the Yankee suck syndrome. As soon as you get people rooting for one side and dug into these people that don't care about them. And once you make people realize that all of this is a facade for them to make money off of us, all of them, both sides, all this is they do is that's all they do. Every single issue is fundraise. They're not trying to change any issue. They'd rather fundraise over it and continue to be in politics till the end of time and raise that money on it. I I mean, and that's. Until people start to realize that, and I think people more and more are realizing that, I think that's why Trump was successful. I think that's why people even considered Bernie, even though he's a little bit of an oxymoron because he's part of the structure. I think that's why RFK is gaining traction. But once people stop getting into this, dig their feet in, rooting for a team mentality, and realize they work for us, we don't work for them on both sides, which to Republicans' credit, I would say, I think they're being much more critical of their leaders since covid And I think Democrats, they need to do the same thing. Stop defending Biden. You guys talked down on all of the leadership during Trump's administration. So you should be critical of your own guy at the same time. So it's, you know, once people start realizing all of that, you know, we need more people to realize that. But I think also on another note, COVID also put those people that were on the extremes and dug in. It made them even more dug in. And now, you know, there are even things like Truth Social, or, I don't know, it's chat groups where people are so left-wing or so right-wing that all they hear is what they want to hear, and they never get this nuanced conversation like you get on the other side. So. The
1: echo chamber. Mm-hmm. The echo chamber. And uh, I want to agree with you on the, the team thing, but I've I, I got to say I'm guilty myself at a team politics to a degree. Well, maybe not, because the guy is truly that big of an asshole, and that being Larry Krasner. Um, who we, we, so, so you're talking about this and I, I want to nod and, but like when it comes to these local politics, Larry Krasner, I got to say, man, I, I do headstrong. Anything the guy does, I have to shrug and say it's a bad idea if it might be something good that he's done. I, I can't think of one thing though. So I don't know, but, but on that note, Larry Krasner, man, um, last week, Dom and I got a rumor that on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, he'd be having a a meeting with people and announcing that he'd be leaving for the National Lawyers Guild. It's weird, man. We got, like, really official-looking press releases announcing that he'd be beginning August 1st with the Lawyers Guild. And then Wednesday rolled around and nothing. Um, We we heard that he called a meeting of all his assistant DAs and nothing. Um, That same day, uh, Craig Williams over in the State House uh, announced a 100-page of thing back to the common court so a common court judge on the impeachment of Larry Krasner um, struck down their bill calling for the impeachment. So now uh, Craig Williams filed back a hundred page report, essentially looking at all the misdeeds of Larry Krasner. That's going to be now be filed to the Pennsylvania Supreme court. Uh, so Krasner himself will have a chance to appeal that appeal. And that process is still going on, but nothing about uh, Larry leaving uh, for somewhere else. Uh, that rumor has not come to fruition. Um, you know, we are still hoping that by August 1st, we might have something else there. Uh, but something's got to change here. Uh, I'm going to completely switch topics from coronavirus over to Philadelphia crime because shit, man, there, excuse my language, YMCA, uh, there, there was just an incident outside of, and then you just sent me something from Philly crime update. What just happened here in Philadelphia?
2: Yeah. So a one-year-old infant was shot, uh, and is in critical condition shot by a 14 year old. Um, And it seems like never ending, whether you're on the citizen app or on Philly crime update, there's always something. And uh, this is, it's absolutely insane. This needs to change as soon as possible. The fact it doesn't matter if you're left, right or in the middle, something needs to change. And actually, you know what people that probably voted for Krasner and got manipulated by all of his messaging. uh, Those are the people suffering the most, especially in a city like ours. So it's, unfortunate that we're here, but that's the reality of it. You have to hope, you have to hope somehow he will be moving on. If we could have a fresh slate in November with a new mayor and a new DA, uh, I, I think that could change a lot for the hope of the police officers at the very least and the citizens then following there. So I don't know. It, it's it's hard to say whether, who knows what's going on there because like you said, conflicting reports and, and not much coverage yet. Uh, but We'll see how that moves forward. I know a lot of even uh, reporters online were saying how oh Larry Krasner supposedly stepping down tomorrow, yada yada yada. But they're all kind of poking fun at it,
1: saying that it's yeah. untrue. Yeah, um, here uh, from Philly Crime Update. I don't know how the heck these guys get like such great content. Um, but here's that call. Uh, I'm doing a little crossover here with Krasner Lambie it's, today. Is it's Thursday? Right now, exactly four o'clock is when we usually have Krasner Lambie uh, Don down the shore. Uh, so let's uh, transition just a sec here uh, to hear this uh, police call for when that uh, infant was just horribly, this horrific incident in Digalism. All class in mind, the 22nd
0: district person with a gun, 1626 North 29th Street. We have a report of a female shot by 14 year old male. Repeating the 22nd district person with a gun, 1626 North 29th Street. Report of a female shot by 14 year old male. No further
2: information. But they do. they went in a white person's
0: said a one year old baby shot i keep not
1: know and yeah he's reporting that it was in the back of the head too it's absolutely horrific and just uh, i mean last night uh This happened, too, and this is outside, this is in Graduate Hospital, which is, it's decent, I mean, I don't think they've had many murders there uh, recently, Uh, and this is outside of Y, which is, you you hear the left solution a lot for a lot of this is more recreational centers, but if you can't get the crime in control, people are going to be deterred away from the recreational centers. Anthony, take take a listen to this, uh, just the the gunshots uh, from this surveillance video that NBC10 obtained.
0: People in this graduate hospital neighborhood in Philadelphia seen running after shots were fired just after 7 p.m. Wednesday at 17th and Christian Streets. Police say an 18-year-old man was shot and killed. We do have some footage of a good portion of this incident. And what we see in the footage is a gray Dodge Durango uh, stop in front of a young man, the decedent, who was walking on the sidewalk and jump out of the car and essentially ambush him police. So since then, uh, officials have spoken
1: out um, and city officials essentially saying this is a targeted attack. No one be afraid. But we're talking about outside of a why um, it didn't happen right in front of the why it was down you know, the, on the corner. But I guess the kid was leaving the why um, it's step the hell up. Uh, elected officials, you have the power to do so. Prosecute these individuals, hold them uh, in jail. Don't let them out on low cash bill. And maybe we'd see stuff it just seems so damn simple to me, Anthony. And why Why won't they just... Why Why in your eyes are they not fixing the city? They have the power to.
2: District Attorney Larry Krasner thinks he's some sort of a legislature or, or a higher position because he doesn't do his job. Your job is to enforce the justice when crime is committed. That is your job, and he does not seem committed to that job whatsoever at all. So at the end of the day, he should walk out of there no matter what he's doing. Right now, he isn't doing his job. Instead, I mean, we saw it this video. We both played it on air. uh, Krasner promoting SEPTA and saying, well, we need to take SEPTA. And how much money do you want to bet that Larry Krasner either pulled up in his Suburban, Bulletproof Suburban and his security detail, and that's if he didn't take SEPTA. If he took SEPTA, I guess what they did is probably walk down there with this entire security detail, block off one whole train for him with security at, at all doors. And I'm sure that's the only way he would have done it. So, uh, you know, it's so funny whether all this stuff, it's all about PR. It's all about how they and I'm not coming at the cops because they're the ones who are the, they're the, really the victims here because they're able to do nothing now. They can't really do much. These people get out on on low, low bail and multiple offenders, gun charges, drug charges. There's no enforcement. There's no enforcement. And, And once we stop treating these criminals like victims, then we can move forward. And that's why people are frustrated.
0: Here we are at the stadium. We took the best way around in Philly, which is SEPTA. Nothing but happy people wearing team colors behind us, getting ready for a beautiful game on a beautiful night after a beautiful ride. Ride SEPTA. I wish
2: I I saw that. I was at the game game the other night. I don't know. Yeah, what is that?
0: Yeah, is that
1: a Redding Phil's hat he's wearing? It's not a Philly's hat.
2: It might be like a throwback. Is that what it is? That almost looks like when they were the Fightins, kind of that era. It almost looks like. Okay. Yeah,
1: I didn't Can't notice that. The couple times watched
2: it. Can't wear the regular one. Too, you know, he's too rich for that. Had to get the throwback.
1: The throwback and look at him on the <laughs> septa platform. You know, they cleared out anyone that any vagrant that was sitting behind him he's, you know there was someone shooting up right behind them before they decided to make this video.
2: Uh, half the time you get on a septa train, it's uh, you know someone's smoking on it. There's trash. There's so they like to act like this, and and don't get me wrong. I want more people to take public transit, and we really do need to commit to it because you know, you're just inefficient as a city if we're going to rely on cars yeah. as much as we do I agree, now. I agree, yep. So.
1: Yeah, and then, like, I, I see on Reddit, a bunch of liberals, progressives, saying, like, let's close off every other road during the summer and have outdoor cafes, like Montreal. Um, you know, if we were to fix public transit, I feel like we could do so much to beautify the city, and that's, that's one thing I kind of Agree with liberals on is let's get this public transit but this whole like pushing it down our throats let's ride it let's ride it it's perfectly safe why do we keep turning a blind eye larry yep. it is yep. not safe and people will not ride it because they know the truth we're not freaking idiots like you want to believe we are
2: do you want yeah do you want your uh single you know women alone taking septa at this point nobody wants that no, it's no. like it's hard and you know it's just like you said we can't ignore. All of these issues with it, I agree with you. We should have great public transit. Everyone should want that. Everyone should want walkable cities, great public transit. You know, easy in and out. Uh, people who are just trying to go about their days, but it, we're not going to have that if we don't enforce what's currently going on at these places. And, and,
1: and so I, I don't understand if people. Or I don't know if people understand what's going on here. Like, if you know you can get away with the crap that you can get away with here in Philadelphia, it spreads like wildfire and. Like, every time I've ridden SEPTA, you know, since coronavirus, I've ridden the train, I've ridden buses, and every single time, there's not one time that I go on there and there's not an illegal activity going on, or there's not a crack pipe uh, sitting in someone's hand, maybe not being used at that time. It's, like, SEPTA's absolutely freaking disgusting, and until we're honest with ourselves, it's not going to change. Um, being honest with ourselves, Eagles training camp launches this week. Where do you think we stand? Uh, you, you have Super Bowl. Super right. Let's do it. I want to take a chance to plug Mr. Ray Dinninger's book. Uh, he, uh, just got this out in paperback, Anthony. I suggest you read it. One last read. It's like all its compilations of his sports training throughout his career. Uh, Tommy and me, uh, going strong. And it's one thing I look back with like Ray, what he had with Hershey, uh, where he was essentially... As a kid, able to go up to a fence and meet Tommy McDonald to hold his helmet and become good friends with the guy. Uh, but that's not the case anymore. But Eagles Open Practice coming up August uh, 8th. I think that's the Sunday that's coming up on um, – is that the day? No, August 6th, whatever it is. August 6th, yeah. Um, so, Anthony, I, I want Super Bowl II, uh, but there's a hangover. Super Bowl losers got that hangover to deal with uh you know you don't think we're gonna have that like our, our roster is built better than last year i i am not too concerned
2: that's where I'm at uh obviously safety you could bring that up after the entire fiasco there uh but I think pretty much every single position other than that this the Eagles have improved, and howie has done just legitimately everything and more that he can um I, I don't know. I, I can't even say anything else about them. It's hard. We've been talking about the Sixers half the time in, in times like this, where there's some dead time because of baseball, and people aren't even talking about the Eagles because we're all like, yeah, they got it. They're, they know what they're mm-hmm. doing. You know, they they have a great quarterback. They have a good coach. The GM's killing it. Like, when was the last time we don't we didn't complain about the Eagles? It's absolutely. Insane. I can't go, think of a
1: time in my life where I've trusted a franchise as much as I trust the Eagles right now. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy, and it's and it's, you know, It's a testament to, to how they've been running the organization. To your point, is it difficult to get back there? Obviously, it's very difficult. Uh, it injuries are going to again be a factor, but I think the thing that gives me the most confidence <laughs> is the energy in that locker room from Jason Kelsey and from Jalen Hurts. I think it is almost unmatched in the NFL. They bring a unity and, and that I almost... I, I don't know if an, any other... And I'm not trying to say there aren't other close locker rooms in the league. I know there are. But what Hertz and Kelsey have achieved to really lead them and and, and kind of make them a cohesive unit, not just a bunch of guys in a room, I I just think that is the most pivotal thing to have. And, and it really, I I think it will take them far and Jalen losing last year. I know it keeps me up at night sometimes knowing that, (laughs) that he didn't get the ball one more time. So how do you think he feels? And, that guy is the hardest-working Philadelphia athlete, I think. Dude, I
1: would, so there was reports that came out this week that Jalen Hurts denied an opportunity to appear on the first season of uh, Netflix's quarterback. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins, and who was it? Uh, Marcus Mariota uh, were the ones that turned out. I would have loved to follow Jalen Hurts last season. That have been so fascinating to watch. So let's hope. Cool. Um... All right, let's move on to streaming. All right, you know what? Give me some Phillies talk real quick, because I want to know where you stand on Trey Turner. I mean, I, he's getting booed now. Sat, um, yep. Rob sat him until the next series. I, I'm, I'm really disappointed. We got to deal with this guy for 11 years. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the kind of, not the kind of guy that's like fully out on it. Like I, I know that this is, you know, Castellanos had the same struggles his first season, so I expect him to iron out. But we we need the wins, man. It's uh, it's not good what we're seeing out of Trey Turner. Are you concerned?
2: It's definitely concerning. Yes, um, I also booed him when I was at the stadium this week because he, he did deserve it. Uh, it, it. I guess I look at it this way: a lot of the times we didn't even know if Nick Castellanos was going to be back on this team, and now, if anything, he's especially when Harper was hurt, he really has stepped up and he's looked mm-hmm. great. And uh, even Schwarber of late back at he's you know he's figuring out how to hit it. He's made a couple good defensive plays finally, so. There are rumors that we're trading for another fielder um, and they would take over most of the time in left field and then Harper at first and Schwarber at DH. So we'll see how that goes. But when it comes to Trey, I feel like we just have to play the waiting game. You can't, I mean, right now his trade value is at a record low. You're going to get nothing for him. You got to just kind of ride it out. Baseball is such a game of ebbs and flows and ups and downs as well. So I think if you give the guy some time, let him settle in. I mean, we do have a great locker room and I think Harper especially when guys are, are struggling like that is really good at helping them and, and getting them through tough times like that. So, you know, I'm not losing all hope, but at the same time, I'm happy. They're not just ignoring it and keeping them in the lineup. Cause like you said, this is it. I mean, it's after the break. Uh, we really, they need to get rolling. And even though it looks like they are, they look great against Baltimore, uh, which is a top tier team there. So, I'm I'm very excited to see what happens here. Again, I always look at Twitter and uh, that I, I believe it's the 2008 Phillies page. They always post the records, and they're just they're, they're right there sitting at what they were sitting at uh, last year, and also in 2008. So they're right Congrats. there with, you know, they're always teasing us. But I think
1: WIP midday show asked a to poll today. I pulled the results here of uh, whether or not we're better off without Trey Turner.
2: Yeah, yeah are we i guess but at the same time Whoa, you're on that you're on that oh what are we gonna get for him right now i mean yeah. I, right now in the lineup i'll agree with that but what we're gonna trade him or drop him like no no yeah. so
1: i don't know um what are you watching man any good things you recommend people stream
2: i am really kind of behind on streaming just because i went to see oppenheimer but um, uh, yeah. I, I, I actually finished jury duty finally uh, over the weekend. The uh, streaming service on Amazon and freebie talking about uh, actors and, and producers from the office all kind of putting up a, a fake court and, and one normal guy didn't fall for it and, or at least realize he was falling for it until uh, the last episode, which it's a fun and really, really fun watch. And I think I've been someone who's critical of the office but I think the way that they used humor in this real life situation, I think almost worked better than in the office. And I know people love the office. I'm not trying to say I hate the office, but some of that awkward humor is just a little too much for me. And I think I appreciated it more when it was a real world situation where I knew like this guy was on it. So
1: yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Up for an Emmy for a best comedy series, which is rare for this kind of like crossover reality kind of thing. So Something i has been on my list to check out ever since you first mentioned it, and uh, it, stayed, it remains good throughout the entire season, huh?
2: Yeah, I think it lived up, and it, it's the kind of show I, I stayed up a little too late a few nights because I was really I wanted to see what yeah. happened next because it was getting so crazy. It kind of just snowballs, you know. Early there's a couple things that are weird, and then it continues to get crazier and crazier. So,
1: um, I'm going to suggest uh, I suggested on today's show uh, Resident Alien. Uh, did I mention that on here before? Yeah, isn't that on Peacock? Right. It's on Peacock. is initially a sci-fi series, and it's definitely like B-movie corny, uh, but it's a story of an alien that crash lands in a Colorado, very uh, remote town, uh, and takes the identity of a medical expert. It's a comedy. Uh, he takes the identity of a medical expert, and uh, the the town doctor dies, so he's called upon to be the town doctor. And it's kind of a um, you know learning uh, an alien learning human life as it goes becoming human. It's it's really like heart, heartwarming a lot of times. The show um, Resident Alien, and what I love about it, man, is I'm a big sci-fi nerd, and there are so many cameos. I don't know if you ever watched Firefly, um, but Alan Tudyk, uh, Wash from Firefly, he's also uh, in um, Dodgeball, a couple other things. You'd recognize Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball um he's yeah. he's the lead as the alien and man he is fantastic and and because people in hollywood i guess love alan tudyk um he has so many of his friends come on i mean george takei has a cameo as an alien at one point um sarah connor essentially plays i, I don't know the actress's name but the, the person who plays sarah connor essentially plays the sarah connor character in this i um, trying to you know work with the aliens to save humanity it's a lot of fun. It's very corny at times, but you like. It's one of those shows that embraces the corniness uh, rather than tries to pass it off as you know something uh, valid. So again, Resident Alien, sci-fi, available on Peacock. I do highly suggest it's worth sitting through those damn commercials on Peacock that they now charge for. Dude, how pissed are you? Pissed off? Do you have Peacock and Comcast? I do have Peacock, yeah. Oh, just in June, they decided out of nowhere, we were getting Peacock for free, and it's like, oh, yeah, you now got to pay for Peacock. I already pay you, Comcast, like 100-something bucks for this damn internet service. I don't know why I got to pay you four extra bucks to now watch commercials okay. on my Peacock. Sorry, I don't mean to rant as hard as I do. <laughs> uh, but while we're on the aliens, uh, <laughs> final thing I want to talk about before we head out of here, yeah, we got a little bit of time. Uh, the uh, situation, uh, the, the, the hearings on UFOs, man. We found out this week that... Uh, Allegedly, according to this uh, person with the Air Force, uh, sworn in, says we have extraterrestrial life in possession. Uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, biological beings not from this earth. And we also have reverse engineered uh, technology, propulsion technologies, and uh, supposedly have some vehicles in our possession. A lot, a lot learned from this. But, man, i got to tell you, I, I don't know what it is. Dom, Mike, they are skeptics beyond belief. And just refuse to give any credence, any oh, credence God. whatsoever, oh, that God. this could turn into a real story. But man, we're about to find out the freaking aliens are here on Earth, and it seems nobody freaking cares. What the hell's going on? <laughs> it, this, way, this stuff's been coming out since COVID happened,
2: and just because COVID was happening, you're right, nobody. It's like, uh, man, whatever. Yeah, yeah we, <laughs> we knew about it. We knew about aliens. Like we've been, there's been movies about it, uh, it but. Uh, to your point, I, yeah, this is crazy. And I, I know even today I was on with Dawn and she's like, oh, conspiracy. I'm like, conspiracy? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> this is a hearing. They are testifying and they're telling you things that he swore in to say. And and this is after years and years of weird things going on. And and also, you know, I, I don't care what your religious view is or your worldview is, but if you really think that we are the most intelligent life and the only intelligent life that exists in all of the galaxies and all of the vast universe systems that exist out there in the unknown, we don't even know it's in the ocean, let alone space. So again, I mean, and, there's zero, I mean, uh, look at me and you, I, I don't think, I know we're not the smartest species that has ever existed. So I mean,
1: they present a theory in Resident Alien that octopuses are descendants of aliens, and they're actually smarter and more advanced than us, but choose not to communicate with us.
2: Maybe that's the truth, maybe one of the whistleblowers <laughs> helped write the show. Uh, but I, I wonder, to that point, I wonder if uh, all this hearing stuff will help the public, you know, the popularity and the publicity for for stuff like that. Do you
1: think there's any chance? Okay, so let's delve into some uh, QAnon type conspiracies, the real uh, crazy stuff here. Um, As we know, uh, there are uh, notions out there that this was a shady cabal that organized coronavirus to descend upon the world to get ultimate control an effort to achieve a one-world government, and I say that because I'm just contextualizing, because of these same people, they say the next step in this whole you know government control to get everybody on the same page of one-world government is by false flagging an alien invasion. So I tell you all this to ask you, Anthony, do you think this is all part of a false flag of an alien invasion for a, a one-world government of control?
2: I do not. I do not. No. I cannot be more... I, I, I am... The furthest away of, of Mike and Dom and Dawn saying that, like, oh, is this conspiracy? Is this, we have to be skeptical? If anything, I, this is just solidifying what I've always felt is true is that I didn't always think we knew, but I knew there's something going on out there. We don't what's
1: know. What's it mean? Like, what, so Mike said, he made a point. He goes, what the hell does it matter if we find out there is a, we, we have, you know, alien life? What does it matter? What do you mean? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. What
2: here. do you mean? It could be an impact. It could be impacting literally everything, and we don't know it. And who knows? They could be threatening us with things, and I don't know how we'd even be able to communicate with them. Well, I
1: told I told Mike, what if we already have shapeshifters in power in government? You know, like you never know what these aliens. are. Connell was showing his true colors yesterday when he froze. He's just in a, his batteries died. You know what? It wasn't a medical episode. That was just the <laughs> alien leaving the body temporarily. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I man, I'm watching way too bad much bad Resident bad. Alien here. <laughs> um, uh, on that note, ancient aliens—is that ever your thing? You ever get into that? I used to like it, yeah. So everyone's gonna yeah. be like, "Of course you think it's real. Of course." But <laughs> <laughs>
2: come on, man. And there's—they're definitely real.
1: I, I say that just to tie everything together. Uh, George, uh, just what would, t- what the What the hell is the guy's name that does the? Uh, it was aliens meme. Um, he he, he, has, he also yeah, yeah. yeah the guy with the hair alien. he's known as he's yeah. known as the big hair alien guy and resident Air, alien he makes a couple cameos as well so. oh that's awesome that's awesome I do suggest all right man uh, let's get out of here uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, this was the other side with Dan and Lorenzo a show that we bring you pirate radio taking over uh, but if you're not aware tune into 1210 right now uh, Rich is down there in Cape May at the Grand in Cape May he's live with an audience it's freaking awesome 1210 wphd.com uh, or Odyssey app. Anthony, uh, take it away. Get us out of here, man.
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. If you don't have time to always watch, you can subscribe on Odyssey, Apple, or Spotify. We're live on all three. Check us out at producer Big Dan on Twitter and at A Dorenzo Six uh, or X. I don't know. We didn't even get into that. I don't know if that's yeah what it is now, but whatever. Regardless, regardless, uh, we'll see you guys next week. We really appreciate you watching and uh, tune in to twelve ten until the end of the week to hear from Dan and myself. Have a good one.